from the desk of Magus' resplendent diamond. The world is different for reasons beyond most knowing. One day, we began to fight with the flora of our world. We fought to a stalemate that lasted the better part of a lifetime. It was tenuous until the day the capital city of Bulwark erupted, killing its king and one-tenth of the population. In the wake of the decimation, peace was offered, and we are so close. But now a truth surfaces from an unlikely source. The king was more than he appeared. He survives somehow in his broken tower, and his survival threatens each and every one of us. I have assembled a team. They can't fail. They just can't. Hello, and welcome to Another Path, Season 2.5, The Broken Tower. My name is Chase, and I continue to be your GM. Today, I have the distinct honor and pleasure of having our three Patreon episode co-hosts in one game, as they endeavor to investigate some information uncovered during our last season. We have Christina, Duval, and Kim playing their characters, Addie, Rabroth, and Lou, respectively. While you don't have to listen to the Patreon episodes to enjoy the mini-season, the episodes are excellent and totally worth a listen. Speaking of Patreon, thank you to our Patreon backers, Atan, Everett, and Tyler for their continued support. If you would like to support the show, please check us out at our Patreon, patreon.com slash ghostlightmedia. You can also give us a rating or review over on your podcatcher app of choice, as it goes a long way for helping folks find the show. And with that, sit back, relax, and enjoy your trip down another path. My fucking cat apparently got out of the apartment somehow, and thankfully my neighbor came and was like, uh, your cat? And I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> That's really I thought he was hilarious. sleeping on the couch. <laughs> okay. Tiny jerk. Tiny jerk indeed. Well, I ran downstairs to get laundry, so I'm assuming he must have snuck out while I was oh. kidding him. Mm, that'll do it. That'll do. At least he stayed close. So, I had to be very quiet getting this box of dice because uh, one of my cat's favorite pastimes is playing fetch with dice. Oh, no. Um, very frequently, whenever we're gaming in the living room, he'll, like, wait. Like, he'll just wait, and then, like, a rogue just steal it off the table <laughs> and run <laughs> off with it. I have multiple photos of this cat perched, like, in, in ready stance. One paw just kind of, like, half out ready to steal somebody's dice. Like he'll scoop it in his mouth and run yeah. off. d six specifically is he's a fiend for. And then he'll um, take it to the bathroom and let the dice roll around in the tub. Can't play D&D at Christina's until the plug's in the tub. Yep. <laughs> will... Well, because the bathtub doesn't have a cover on it. Sure. So that is, that is the rule now. But yeah, I had to be very quiet or else he would have followed me right to the door and then he would just be meowing outside the door singing the song of his people <laughs> as you I was do hoping you were, I, was gonna, I was really hoping you were going to say that like specifically <laughs> so do we want to play some Dungeons and Dragons yay no. <laughs> Duval 
I mean, I'm good at just sit and chat. <laughs> I just wanted to switch it up a little bit. <laughs> Fuck yeah, let's go. Awesome. All right. <laughs> I guess, sure. We're here. We might as well. Um, I mean, look, I could save this for another time. We could just chill and talk. <laughs> this would be a really weird episode. It's all good. Like, I'm still... Let me be clear. I'm still putting it out. Mm-hmm. I'm still putting this out. I just <laughs> won't edit anything. It'll just be a stream of consciousness conversation. Let's go. It'll be like that like that one episode of My Brother and My Brother and Me where they didn't answer any questions and just talked for a while. <laughs> I actually really like that episode. Yeah, and somebody sure. would like this one. But I'm not going to do that. We will play. Bulwark. The Spiral City. A lone mountain at the edge of the known world. Easily twice the size of any other city in the collective. The nearly ceaseless din can be heard for miles around in the still winter air. Near the base of the city, Raproch wakes up in his small room in the Dockside Inn, the language shanty. The salty coastal air reminding him of his distant homeland. It's been six months since your arrival. While you've had little luck in dislodging the Revenant, allies you've made since arriving in the city have been more than helpful at beating it back during its intermittent attacks. You've made yourself indispensable to them, and that work has not gone unnoticed. You have a new contract, this one with a well-connected mage who is certain she can set this creature pursuing you to rest permanently. You have an hour or so before you need to make the long journey up the mountain. What do you do? So, wearing my jammies, um, and, and mm-hmm. for the uninitiated, Rebroth is a uh, very tall, about six foot three, gold dragonborn, has like tendrils kind of all the way down to the back that are currently being covered by one of those like those um, nightcap hats like a with the little cat? yeah sleeping cats. It's got the beanie and everything. He sort of uh, sits out of a bed with a bit of a huff. <laughs> Shoots out of bed. It, what, what's in my my room outside of my bed? You've got like a a big metal wash tub. Um, there is a spacious desk and uh, a dresser as well. You're definitely in kind of a long term stay situation. Airbnb. Exactly. You've been able to finance pretty well with the work that you've sure. been doing as well as the crowns brought with you. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, well, let's start the day, I suppose. Kind of slams open open the door. Um, well, first he'll get dressed. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, probably, uh, you know, I don't know. You know, there could be a jammies plus uh, great sword adventure sometime soon. Uh, but it's not... <laughs> But it's not this day, uh, at least for now. He'll uh, plate armor up, uh, which mm-hmm. honestly takes most of that hour, about half of that hour. Um, <laughs> goes down for uh, a bit of breakfast and some, uh, some caffeine. Absolutely. In your time here, you have absolutely become one of the regulars. Uh, you see a couple of old salts sitting at the bar having their breakfast stouts. <laughs> there is a pitcher of coffee that is placed on a magical hot plate near the edge of the bar. Um, <laughs> the first week you did ask every time at this point, staying here full time, you can just grab a mug from behind the bar and, you know, fill one up to go. I, I walk up to the, the um, folks uh, drinking their breakfast stouts. Mm hmm. 
I know I ask you probably every week at least once. Mm -hmm. You know that there's not caffeine or coffee in those stouts, right? Yes, we're aware. Okay. Because I know, like, some of them are actually, like, they have that, that coffee, like, taste. But, you know, never have I been in a situation where I'm like, oh, oh, I'm tired. Um, I'll drink a coffee stout. You know what I mean? So it's just, they just don't really, you know what? You probably don't care about any of this, do you? Not really, no. Cheers. <laughs> he goes and grabs it. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> and walks. Uh, mm -hmm. And uh, kind of looks around and, you know, he'll kind of lay down like a copper or two or whatever the hell. And uh, begin to kind of scout the the uh, the immediate vicinity, so to speak. Nothing immediately around you. Uh, nothing out of the ordinary, at least. It is a bright and sunny winter day. There is uh, that distinct uh, seaside winter chill in the air. The only benefit is that it does beat back the normal absolute reek of the fishmongers. So, you know, upsides. Yeah, because you, like, you don't like the water. No. But it is cheapest to stay down here, and uh, there are readily... Uh, this is certainly... The, the rooms down here are nicer than the ones that you would pay for further up the, the hill. Yeah. Economical. You make your way up to your contract. Indeed. Is the Emerald Queen around, or is she kind of hustle and bustle, coming to and fro? No, the merchant that you came in with, the Emerald Queen, uh, she has not been around much these past few months. Uh, she was readily available uh, the first like three or four months that you were around, but as winter started setting in, she headed back for Vardo and neighboring cities and really hasn't been back since. Okay. I'll head to the contract. And as you start walking that way, we slide up the mountain to the merchant district, where Lou wakes up in a modest room of her own, situated above a weaver's. Oh. It's small, but comfortable. It's been several months since your brother was sent to live with the guide keepers to tend to his burns. You have not seen him since. In that time, you have found yourself in deeper and deeper water. Dangerous jobs that pay well are hard to turn down, at least until now. This isn't the first time you've heard the phrase, the last job you'll ever need, but your family friend, Tierlock, swears on your mother's grave that this is the truth. It's official, too. Mm. The Council of Mages needs somebody with a certain set of skills. And with your locks vouch, you have selected each other. You have just a little bit of time to get ready before you need to make your way up the mountain. How do you prepare? So I would have my usual set of tools because you have to be ready at any time when you're in my line of work. Uh, somebody could come find you whenever. Uh, so I usually don't take too long to get ready. I just have to grab my pack and go. So, I don't really have much to do to get ready, to be honest. Can you give us a description of your character? Because many people listening to this probably might not have listened to the uh, Patreon episode. So, Lu Luelda Romanovsky, she is a relatively average height, dirty, strawberry blonde hair, uh, green eyes, and um, she's a wood elf, though she tries to hide that because she doesn't particularly like her heritage but and she's also trying 
her best to drop her accent, but it is very difficult for her. She slips back into it very easily. With that, simply enough, you take your leave. Um, it is a bright, chill day as you walk out onto the busy streets and you start to weave your way, maybe a bit more gracefully than most people would notice, to the top of Bulwark. Addie. You arise when you deem necessary within the Ring of Mages, the newly constructed top level of Bulwark. Built from the remains of the noble quarter and the mountain itself, it sits as a jagged crown of the city. Weeks have passed since your botched teleportation situation, and in that time you have been excused from your duties as acting headmistress of Gightworth Academy. <laughs> frankly, you've had little to do except consider what has happened and what's next. A few days ago, Magus Diamond called upon you with worry in her eyes. She was scant on the details, but informed you that your expertise would be needed. A small team was being assembled for a covert mission, and they needed someone who is amenable to field work. You are, of course, amenable. You have an hour until your meeting. How do you prepare? Well, I have my breakfast. Mm -hmm. And I think I spend a good portion of that hour mm -hmm. sitting at a desk with my two-way scroll open, wanting to rat to Jackson, but knowing that it's not safe for some reason mm -hmm. and ha not having found a better way to communicate with him. He doesn't need a bunch of sending spells out of nowhere. He might be fighting something and it might get him killed. You know that, boy. And you can tell he has gotten smarter in the past year. Yep. But you also know that that is very likely to be a big distraction for him. Yeah. Yeah. Just a bit. So, yeah. Uh, I, I, as the hour uh, slowly ends, I will roll up that scroll and um, pack up my things and uh, mm -hmm. head to where Magus Diamond has indicated. Absolutely. Since it has been well over a year since uh, <laughs> since you had been on the show proper, why don't you go ahead and reintroduce yourself? Uh, Ad Professor Adelaide Yannette Clary Charmaine is the acting headmistress of Gaitworth Academy. Um, she has short, uh, bold red hair. And uh, I believe the first time you described her, it was she has the grace of a duck on a frozen pond. <laughs> Oh yeah, she is a very, very clumsy <coughs> wizard. Um, oh, but boy. she has <laughs> this, this trio is oh, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but she's very enthusiastic. She loves making friends, and that being said, she knows when she needs to buckle down and get to work. The three of you, as you all arrive, and make your way to the proper places, are gathered in the office of one Magus Diamond, a dark-haired tiefling. As the three of you settle in, she passes a document, a short scroll, out to each of you. What we are going to be discussing here today is of the utmost secrecy. 
These documents serve as your security clearance, while also making it quite impossible of you to speak of what is considered classified to anybody without the clearance. You have all been deemed quite capable and worthy of the trust. Rebroth, though you are a newcomer to the city, you check out the notorious Captain Grimm before even setting a foot within our home. Wait, that was you? You're welcome. Hmm. Lunella Romerskin. This is close enough. Apologies. <laughs> the covert work that you have done, both above and below the law, is commendable on a technical level, if perhaps not on a moral one. I do what needs to be done. Acting Headmistress Adelaide Annette Clary Charmaine. Addy. I, I like spin around and, and look just on the name alone. <laughs> He's got two syllables. He's got a million. <laughs> Addy, you stepped into multiple difficult positions after multiple difficult positions and acted with a level of grace and talent beyond your years. I don't think grace is the right word, but we'll go with that. Between the situation with the Aegis incident last year and your overtaking of the school with the absence of Master Baylet Haram, as well as the situation a couple of weeks ago, you have more than earned the trust. Please. And she hands you each a very normal quill. Sign on the line. You say very normal, but I'm worried. Addie does, in fact, sign very small her full name. And as far as anybody can tell, nothing happens. Okay. Well, if you're I... worried. <laughs> as I'm writing, can I kind of like somewhat surreptitiously try to check the pen out? Absolutely. Give me an investigation check. That's a 17. The scroll itself does see have some kind of a magic baked into it. Addie might be the would be the one to, to do the to check if you out. wanted to like yeah to figure it out but it doesn't seem like just from taking a quick look at it you have a basic understanding of magic this doesn't seem like it's going to set you on fire or anything like that so this will just make it so we cannot talk about these things to those who do not have security correct to be quite frank i literally cannot tell you about this until you sign I've signed one as well. So, like, what happens if you, like, say, like, a name? Like, is it just, like, an automatic, like, silence thing? Or, like, do you get struck down? Like, how does it work? Your body will not allow you to say it. It's a rather ingenious bit of magic. That is me somewhat. Okay, that's fine then. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And with that, she takes the scrolls from each of you and puts them away. There's a... Uh, along built into the side of the office, there is what to us would look like a wine rack, um, but they are filled with scrolls. Mm. And she slots the scrolls away all together in a cluster. Excellent. This is what we know. The individual that we have known to be King Etrian Greynor was a powerful being known as a lich. I am sorry, what? Do I know what a lich is? Addie, you definitely know. Oh, yeah. Uh, The other two, go ahead and roll me either arcana or history, whichever's better for you. Both suck. Both. Oh, but that's a nat 20. So that's 19. Okay. That's a six. (laughs) Okay. Rabroff, wizard. You know that's a wizard. (laughs) Some kind of wizard. 
Lou, you rolled a nat 20. Mm-hmm. Your mother would tell stories of liches as if they were some kind of terrifying boogeyman. Something that you did not want to be around. You know exactly what it is from old folk tales that she would tell you. This is bad. So the lich is an actual thing that exists? I thought that was just story. Quite real. Mm. Follow-up question. Yes. On the scale of, let's say, goblin ambush party to revenant to dragon, where would we put this lich thing? Closer to the dragon side. Oh. As, assuming it becomes a problem, which is what we are trying to avoid. That's why we're here, right? It is likely that he has been a lich for quite some time, to the point where he may have embodied some, if not all, of our former kings. Despite the fact that it was claimed dead in the decimation, we have reason to believe that he persists, as the artifact sustaining its life has not been destroyed. At this point, she pulls out a small metal circlet from the desk. It's about eight inches around, an inch tall, and has a single inset spot where a gem would go. This is half of his phylactery. We are missing the gem. It is effectively indestructible until it is whole. Which means we cannot destroy him until we get that gem back. We believe he has the gem. I'm, I'm so... You need me to go steal a gem. This is easy. Uh, it, exactly. No, it's not. You want us to face an undead wizard who you... can't die and has been around for centuries to steal the one thing that could possibly kill him. You could have mentioned the dragon danger bit a little earlier. Addy. Would that have changed anything? Well, no, but <laughs> I would have liked to know ahead of time. It's not like you're, that one. You're a, Addy, you're a warrior and you've had enough to worry about. Yeah, I have. From my perspective, I have a lot. I have other things that I'm worried about. This is just uh, icing on top of the, mm, no, it's more of a cherry. Sounds fun. I just look at Labroth. I look at Labroth up and down. I'm like, yeah, you got nothing to worry about. You're some sort of holy knight. You're going to be perfect against this thing. I know. Isn't that fantastic? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I feel a lot better now that he's here. We assembled this team with thought in mind. Don't worry. Hmm. We have full confidence that you all will be able to manage this. Let me make this abundantly clear. You're going to be fine. I have no doubt in my mind. That being said, it is quite dangerous. We would have sent other groups, but they would need to be larger. We want this to be quick and quiet. If you can get in there and get it taken care of, surprising him if you can, and just a very pointed look at Lou at that, that's going to be your best bet. I look up 
Robroth up and down, like, Vez is surprising. Um, would be easier alone, but I would appreciate your backup. Fail safes are important. Just to describe it, so like the plate armor is like gold and silver, shiny as all hell, and he's got he's that dude with the the blue mantle on the back that flows in the wind. He's that guy. It, you know, it's it's it's, uh, it's it's beautiful. It's loud. It's ridiculous. <laughs> Shining golden yeah. dragonborn. There's no hiding whatsoever. Not even a little bit. <laughs> like he doesn't even just if try it, to stealth. He's just not, like opposite. Not only do I have disadvantage on stealth checks, it's a neg one. So yeah, let's fucking go, fam. <laughs> okay, is there anything else we need to know, Magus Diamond? Well, I imagine you'd like to know where you're going. I'd also like to introduce myself to my two new comrades. Hi, my name's Addie. Oh, this is Archie. She points to the hawk that's sitting on oh. her shoulder. Oh. oh, wow. That's, that's, I was not anticipating that. I thought it was a stuffed toy. Sorry, my apologies. I'm, I'm Ray Broth, and uh, this is my beautiful sword, Flame of a New Dawn. And he takes off, like, off, like unlatches off his back this large great sword uh in its sheath and he for a minute he goes and hits the wall please uh, no weapon please no weapons in my office all right maybe you ought to see it another time <laughs> i am luelda uh you can call me lou the um are, are you compensating for something with that large sword <laughs> i mean most times i don't need to I, I understand that's bigger they are and all that, but really, is that necessary? Magus Diamond just, like, kind of covers her mouth and just steps <laughs> back for a moment. I feel two specific feelings about the situation. First of all, um, it would be rude for me to respond to, to that situation, so um, I'll leave that where it is. As a religious man, I feel like it would be against my faith to do that. Um, uh, secondly, and most in, and more importantly, uh, fuck you. <laughs> And he just kind of sits back with a, a bit of a grin. <laughs> so, Magus Diamond, where are we going? <laughs> she very quickly pulls a scroll out of her vest and sets it on the table and opens it. And it is a map of uh, the coastline. You'll be heading north. Follow the cliffs outside of Bulwark through the Salted Wastes. The other classified piece of information is that we believe... He is living in the ruins of the castle. The tallest spires of the castle of Bulwark jettisoned themselves far outside the city and crashed about a day's ride north, as if propelled by magic. There is a massive amount of power drawing creatures to the tower. We have every reason to believe that he's holed up there. What sort of creatures? Beings of the wastes, things that can survive out in the desert. That far north, that's where a lot of burning had to be done in order to make the lands be a little less uh, fertile. Things don't grow out there. They are the salted wastes. Hmm. And whatever lives out there is nasty and tough. And whatever it is that is living in that tower, be it the lich or something else, it's gathering those things there. 
So, is there any other pertinent information we need to know, or are we good to go? That's all I've got. Should we, um, I don't know, uh, go to a tavern, get to know each other first, build some camaraderie and trust, or should we just say, the hell with it, and go right in? Well, it is currently, what, what time is it? It's about 11 o'clock. It's 11, the... And it's a t- full day's right? Full day? You'd have to be camping out one night. Uh, well, I don't know that it makes much difference. If he's been out there for this long, would half a day's difference make any difference? Probably not. I just want you all to survive. If you need to get to know each other before you leave, by all means. Really fast. Uh, any sort of updates on, you know, the, um, my, uh, dark passenger? As soon as we have the city's dark passenger taken care of, we will be more than happy to mount an official defense against the creature. First, like, 46 times, it was actually kind of fun. And now that we're in the kind of the back half of it in the hundreds, it's kind of like, oh, you killed me, vengeance. Uh." No, I understand. All right, you're going to have to explain that. I'm now voting for drinks at a bar. I actually know a really nice bar. Oh, well, sounds wonderful. Yeah. And I have a, yeah, I have an idea of what we can do uh, to kind of help build trust really, really quickly. Okay. Lou, you yes. in for the bar? I I think it is the best ch- shot. I do not particularly want to go camping if we can avoid it. I look over <laughs> at Magnus Diamond and I hold my hand out for a small patch of coin because I am assuming she is paying. She rolls her eyes goes into another pocket in her vest and tosses you more than suitable am- amount of money <laughs> for the afternoon. I roll a two, I drop it on the ground. Coins <laughs> everywhere. And I go you picking it up. haven't even started, but are you okay? Of course. Come on, I know a fantastic bar. Yes, by all means, lead on. I take them to the mossy boulder. Addie, you take everybody to the Mossy Boulder, which is kind of a best-kept, worst-kept secret situation for all of the high and mighty mages of the Greynor Peninsula, because this is one of the very few places, uh, not just in Bulwark, but in the entire peninsula, that you can actually get Cytepian food. Uh, it's a rare delicacy here, but Rebroth, this is a slice of home for you. So this is a Mediterranean restaurant. You walk in and it is like open air seating everywhere. The place is not, you know, it's early afternoon. So it's starting to fill up for lunch. You are uh, given uh, a table to sit at and drinks to be had. Cheers. Cheers. (laughs) And as soon as we we cheers, I cast Zone of Truth. (laughs) Actually, I think it's charisma. Charisma saving throw. Oh. Nat 20. So 22. Nice. Fails! <laughs> That's going to be a 19. <laughs> Is the only one that failed was me. <laughs> a question for the DM. We can choose to fail if we want That's to, true. right? Absolutely. I will choose to fail in good faith. If I don't feel like answering a question, I can either not say anything or I can leave the zone of truth. I will not choose to fail. This is not what rogues do. No. But I do know. Well. All right. What do you want to know? Especially the situation that we're going into with, and uh, I'm 
that, to be very honest. I am not one that is, um, one to give away trust right away. Typically, there's got to be some, not necessarily give and take, but, you know, I suppose I'll, I'll start with answering the initial question. So I so happen to be, uh, someone that has a undead thing after me because I killed it once and it will continue to hunt me every so often until um, it kills me, which it won't. So that's fun. Something called Revenant. It's pretty cool. Big fan. Hey, uh, Chase, would I know what a Revenant is? Give me an Arcana roll. 18. 18, absolutely you know what a Revenant is. Uh, at least in a theoretical sense, you've, you know, you, you did your requisite research into necromancy so that you could have conversations with those students. I mean, Master B was my master and my tutor. He might have mentioned it once or twice. Exactly. You have an actual revenant coming after you. That's right. Is that the nasty thing that Magus Diamond said that they would get rid of? That's true. It's why I'm here. So is he saying it, it dies uh, once you are being attacked and you are take it down and then it comes back eventually or after yeah. you've... Yeah, I don't I don't really know much heads or tails for it so I'm, just, I'm kind of always ready, you know? Um, my fa- my favorite ambush was it, it actually grabbed a couple friends and uh, tried to kill me in my sleep but uh, it's so boring. I can understand that. It would be very tiresome after a while. Mm, yeah. I've thought of Monflayer and survived. I'm sorry, what? I take a napkin and a quill and I draw my stick figure with a squidly head. <laughs> <laughs> yes! <laughs> it's like an octopus with four tentacles and a stick figure That's body. so good! But Purple ink. Purple ink, obviously. <laughs> It that is a monflayer, also known as Ilfed, mm-hmm. and uh, they have the ability to uh, blast you with their mind, and they like to suck your brains out. So, that makes two things that my mother used to tell me about that are actually true. It wasn't here on the peninsula, and um, yeah, I turned into a fireball, and I was able to get away. Point. From it. Let's roll back. You turned into a fireball. You cast it. I didn't really turn into a fireball. I cast fireball on myself so that it would let me go. Oh. That sounds like a bad idea. Well, that is reckless as hell. And I'm not going to lie, I kind of dig it. (laughs) Cheers. Clink. (laughs) Okay, so that sounds terrifying. It was, but like I said... I am here. I'm alive. Archie didn't even get hurt, and I uh, gestured oh, to the bird. Um, yeah, Aww. we got back. <laughs> oh, wait. What color hawk is it? Uh, it is a black hawk, and his full name is Archibald Winston Mouse Ripper the Fifth. Oh, no. Nope. You, you gotta... You gotta... <laughs> Archie! You gotta shoot. Yeah, that's that's good enough for me. Mm. <laughs> oh, my God. I didn't mean for him to sound like Billy Bob Thornton. Shit. Anyway... <laughs> <laughs> it happened completely by accident. What the? I I blame yours accents. Look, we all walk backwards into accent yep. accents we don't intend to. Yep. 
Oh my god, fucking A. He's Perfect. a thing that happened. It's fine. What can you do? So tell us a little bit about yourself, Lou. Um, can I call you Lou? Uh, yes, that is much easier than Lou Alda. Um, well, I like Lou Alda. It's very pretty, but I understand not liking the name you were given at birth. I support hey. the nickname. <laughs> uh, right. Uh, Adelaide? You do not like this name. Addie. Right. It's Addie. too fancy for what I am. Well, that's fair, I guess. Anyway, I, uh, I've lived here in Bulwark for my whole life. Uh, my mom used to have a shop until it, you know, exploded. And then, oh, that was before the castle fell down. But then that happens. And, um, yeah, I, I was getting some care for my brother. And since then, I've just kind of been getting jobs where I can and helping where I'm needed. I tend to be on the sneakier side. Oh, you're sneaky? Yes, it's what I do. I check my pockets to make sure she doesn't steal <laughs> a bag of coins. No, I didn't try. As, <laughs> as long as it's, you know, just and or bad guys. They are all bad to some degree. Typically, it's a little difficult for me to, you know, turn a blind eye to such mischief but considering again building trust wait I'm not asking not giving you permission damn it never mind don't worry about it (laughs) well the thing is that um, sometimes things end up in the hands of people that should not be in the hands of that's true and when that happens sometimes it's easier just to go and sneak the thing than it is to convince the person to give up. That's that's where I come in. I imagine the plan is I uh, come in sword blazing and uh, you go and pluck the thing out wherever it is, at least in my mind, having to provide a distraction while, uh, you know, maybe you do some really cool wizard stuff. Uh, yeah, I can do as you describe it, very cool wizard stuff. And I disappear and appear ten feet down on a different bar stool. <laughs> I, I use benign transportation. <laughs> I believe they call that bragging. The bartender drops the coffee that they were carrying. <laughs> hey! No magic in the bar. And he points up to a series of signs above the bar. I put a gold coin on the counter and I slide it towards him. For your coffee pot. <laughs> and I go back to my seat. Less magic in the bar. <laughs> <laughs> How long do you all stay in town before heading out? I mean, I have a way to keep us safe while we're on the road if we all want to just take a nap. Oh. Do you? I like to call it Adelaide's Private Detainment Facility. Oh, that's a really strange I name. I do not... You, you and names. See. We need to talk about na- you and names. It's a... But I, 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 player, player to player, it's Liam and Tiny Hut. Yeah, that's what I figured. I'm sorry, what? A detainment facility? It but, ba- okay, so I can create a tiny little bubble where we can all just, like, sleep in... And nothing will come at us. So it is just a 
a safe space. It is not a prison. You can leave anytime you want, but once you leave, you can't come back in unless I let you. So why do you call it detainment? I don't know. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> it just sounded cool at the time. Yes, these things names. We need to... I agree. Yeah. Hmm. It's... I grew uh... up in a household of fancy names. This is one of my few flaws. <laughs> well, I, I mean, if we have a detainment thing that we can be safe inside, I guess camping wouldn't be so bad. It's the keeping watch that I do not like. Some of that's my favorite. Why does this not surprise me? I enjoy it. I like the peace and quiet sometimes. Crickets. You know, the cicadas. Hmm. But do we have a horse? A horse? Why do we need a hearse? A horse. You have mounts provided to you. Okay. When you do end up making your way down to the main gates, there is a mage's council funded stable at the foot of the mountain, and they are aware of your arrival and have mounts ready and fresh to go for you. Great. Y'all are able to grab some kebabs and trail mix for the road and hop on your government supplied horses and make your way <laughs> north. You travel for about like seven-ish hours until night starts to set in. As far as you can tell, you are no closer to your destination than when you started, but by all accounts, that is to be expected. You set up a stake and post the horses up, and Addy casts the detainment field, and you are in a darkened bubble. I make sure that it's the color of the terrain around us. Absolutely. Would I know, like, if... This particular road of travel is, um, like, if there, if there are, like, you know, bandits or any sort of monstery. You're not on a road. On. Oh, where, where are we? There's no road. Mm. You are in the wastes. There is nothing out here. As far as you know, you have heard rumor. Go ahead and roll me. Roll me a history check at disadvantage because you are new to the area. Well, that's fair. First roll, two. Second roll, one. So, okay. yeah, I feel really good about the information I have. There's there's stuff out here, but you don't know anybody that has actually been, you know, you've heard rumors. Everyone's heard rumors about the salted wastes, but nobody actually goes here. <laughs> to be fair, if you wanted to keep a secret magical tower somewhere, this would be an excellent spot That's for fair. it. You don't know. You all set about getting camp ready to go. Do you set watches? I'll insist. I ask Archie to watch. So, like, if we're in the hut and something comes and eats our horses or tries to eat our horses, it can he can alert us and we can fight him off so we have steeds. Addie will insist that her practical detainment facility doesn't need watches and sleep through. <laughs> okay. Archie is sufficient watch for her. He can telepathically sure. wake her up. Sure enough. Luella is not one to take to having strangers around her very well. Um, sure. And she only needs four hours of her, you know, what nice. else trance sleep anyway. Um, yep. So she definitely is going to just do her normal sleep but like in the middle of when they're sleeping so like she's up mm -hmm. for two hours longer while they're sleeping and then she'll kind of nod off 
and get her sleep through the middle and then like wake up earlier than everybody just to sure enough and rub rough what about you um i would um insist on taking um either first or last watch and since mm-hmm. based off of what was just said i think that it's probably something more like in the middle <laughs> <laughs> so which is totally fine um so yeah I, um, well okay so if we're going to be having that conversation then lou would yeah. be like this uh i i can be up for the first half if that all is right. what you would like all right well in that case um if you just wake me up when it's my turn as a matter of fact i kind of like the idea of seeing some sunrise okay you all settle in for the night and luelda your watch goes by Quietly. Boring. There's nothing. Not even plant life, for obvious reasons. Mm -hmm. There is nothing out here. It is awful and boring. You watch the horses, and that's about it. As Rebroth wakes up for his watch, though, you hear something. Music coming from out in the wastes. The horses have perked up and are looking out. And through the moonlight, you can see a very pale silhouette looks like a man taller though kind of lanky one of the arms seems incredibly spindly and in a moment wings it is probably about a solid 70 feet away solid 70 feet okay got it alright I'll uh, stir my compatriots awake and like as, as I kind of stir them, I'll just kind of put my my hand to my face, signaling "shush," and then I'll just kind of point out. Mm, I snuggle deeper into my fluffy Do pillow. You recognize either of these things? This this thing? What? I know. Just let the sleep out of your eyes. Okay, I got it. Like totally mm. understand. I... You want me to have Archie go take a look at it? Um, yeah, that would be. That would be a good idea. Yes, that would be smart. Mm-hmm. Hey, Archie. Call. Can you be a little stealthy stealth and go find out what that is and what... Not what it wants, just what it is. Fair enough. Um, yeah. All right, Mom. I will kind of, like, snuggle myself into the pillow on my back and I will look through my familiar's eyes because I'm pretty sure that's a thing I can do. It is, in fact. Mm-hmm. Um... All right, I need you to make a wisdom saving throw for Archie. That's an 11. Okay, Archie fails. No! Archie! You are still in Archie's head and you're watching him. Don't tell me I'm going to have to go to the sixth. It, we, we might be looking at Archibald Mousery for the sixth. We'll take a look. <laughs> no! <laughs> You don't notice anything is wrong at first because Archie's just flying towards until you see he's not staying up in the air. He's listing down and he's going down and taking a closer and closer look. And you know, Archie, you know his eyes. He doesn't need to get that close. And what you see is not one figure, but two. You see the first one is distinctly humanoid, but has some strange uh, rope-like tentacles coming off of it. The second thing is a woman, also vaguely humanoid, but with wings 
and she's singing. Oh, uh, no. Go ahead and roll me a history check to figure out what these things are. I'm proficient in that. It's a 19. Okay, you know what both of these things are. The first one, the masculine-looking one, is a wanti. Um, they're uh, a snake folk. They're not okay. uncommon out in the plains, but they are known to be a, a malevolent force. Uh, the second figure is a harpy. Oh, fuck you. I see what you did there, Chase, and I don't appreciate it. I didn't think you would. <laughs> hey, what's what's Archie's AC? It's a 13. Okay. If, he, if you do more than one hit point, he's dead. Uh, so what you see is a this harpy sees this hawk flying towards it. She grunts, unslings a bow from her back, aims, fires. There is a moment where you see the glint of an arrow, and then you are kicked out of Archie. I am now awake. I assume my, my pack has, like, candles in it, right? Absolutely. No, you, you've got your gear. Does someone have enough? Someone, someone have enough? Yes. All right. I start shaving bits of my candle, and I say, put this wax in your ears. There's a harpy coming. Oh. This is unfamiliar to me, but all right. Is that what that... Uh, No, this thing's going to try to sing and charm you, and it'll kill you. Oh, that's... Aye. Not great. No, and this is great, um, because you guys are taking this preparation. I will give you uh, the DC to pass is going to be much lower. Okay. Okay. Cool. Awesome. Are we, uh, how many rounds do we have to prepare? You're in the bubble. You have as many rounds as you would like. That's fair. Because <laughs> they can't come in. That's fair. I do. Um, what time is it? It is, it's probably about three in the morning at this point. So it's well before dawn. Correct. Yeah. All right. I'm good. And I'm going to mage armor. Yes. Yeah. I'm not going to turn my sword on fire. Yes, just yet. Save that till we're at least outside the hut, so you don't, you know, <laughs> right. us. Yeah, I appreciate what do you it. Mean, fire in the bubble. What's the problem? What's the problem? <laughs> no flaming swords in the bubble. <laughs> Listen, you didn't I think already... they'd need a sign, but here we are. Yeah, right. I have, I have already immolated myself once in one of these side quests. I'd rather not do it again. <laughs> you know what? I am going to do a thing. Um, I'm going to. Uh, Cast bless on all three of us. Like, oh, thank I'll, you. Like, kind of finish with the wax. Don't mind me. And I just like unceremoniously, without like asking anything, just like dump a bunch of holy water everywhere. <laughs> See, uh, I didn't realize I stunk so bad. I'm sorry. Don't worry about it. Um, it, it smells vaguely of cherry blossoms. <laughs> That's fantastic. This is a, a lovely, um, is this perfume? It kind of comes with the territory. I didn't, you know, it's not one of those things where you can just, like, choose a scent. Just kind of, anyway, we could probably talk about this another time. Right. <laughs> is there anywhere, we're on just the blasted plane, so there's literally nothing to hide behind, right? There are rocks around. You okay. could, you could, uh, kind of, like, duck and dodge <clears throat> and dive around, you know, things in the general area. Because that's what I would be doing as, like, if they're doing other things. Lou would just be sitting there going, okay, so there's a rock. There's a mm -hmm. rock. Okay. Absolutely. And kind of mark where I'm going to try to start my hiding. Yep, for sure. 
Also, I'm going to go ahead and, and uh, do another thingy, and I'm, I'm going to cast um, armor. I get this on myself as well. Choice. Which gives me five temporary hit points, and when someone hits me um, while I have them, they take five cold damage. Mm-hmm. With a melee attack, if they hit me with a melee attack. Excellent. I need everybody to roll initiative. Yay! Yay. Holy oh, crap. Oh, man. I was... Clearly, Ray Hustle did not have coffee. Mm-hmm. 18. Ish. Okay. That would be a two minus one, which is one. The noble one. Addy, what'd you get? <laughs> I actually rolled really well. I rolled a 17. Nice. You wait for about another minute. Because they saw the hawk. They pause for a minute just to see if anything else comes. And they start moving up closer to the bubble, which to them looks like a weird, opaque perfectly rounded mound in the middle of nothing and Lou you see your shot and you jump out when they are how 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 close do you wait for them to get for you to to make your attack um like 25 feet so I make sure I have plenty of like Perfect. I can jump back if I need to yep you dash out because they had absolutely no way to see you I will give you uh, advantage on whichever one you want to attack, be it the Huanti or the Harpy. Judging by the fact that the Harpy is the one potentially doing damage, if the wax comes out of your ears, I think I'll go for them first. Okay. Go so. ahead and make your attack. You have advantage. That's a nat 20. Hell yeah. <laughs> Do nat 20 rogue damage, please. Bang, bang. Uh. Yay! <laughs> Excuse me, I don't have enough dice out. One moment. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's plus one for slashing damage. That's nine uh, sneak attack damage. So a total of 24? Yeah, 24. That's right. Cool, cool. Okay. And then bonus action. Yeah, I'm going to disengage and step back 10 feet. Yeah, Lou, you run out. You do a quick stab and just it's kind of like a I'm, it, I'm envisioning it like a running attack like you just give a, just a nasty slash to this harpy and keep moving yeah I do need you to make me a wisdom saving throw at advantage because you elf I'm sorry not wisdom charisma my apologies oh an 18 perfect yeah you're fine you you hear the the music of the harpy and it's just like you could see how somebody could be magically enthralled by it, but that ain't you. Nah. <laughs> that sounds dumb. Why would you do that? <laughs> Addy, you're up. Ra, uh, as soon as I step out of this bubble, you're going to be seen. Are you fine with that? Absolutely. I will step out, which disappears the hut, and um, Lou is now 10 feet away. Mm-hmm. I cast Fireball. Will it hit both of them? Yeah, absolutely. They are standing okay. right next to each other. All right, I'm only going to cast it at level three, so that's okay. 8d6. <laughs> only. <laughs> only. <laughs> Wizard's going to wizard, uh, yo. Mm. What's the deck save on that, Addy? <laughs> uh, 16. The one T fails and the harpy passes. Awesome. Still going to take half. There's a reason the rogue knows to get away from the people when there's a wizard around. Oh. Seven, 29. 29, and then half on save. Addy, go ahead and describe this. 
I look at Ra. All right, here we go. I step sideways out of the bubble, so I'm not next to them, but I'm mm. still in the way. And um, I say, yippee Kaye, mother, and then there's just an explosion of color. <laughs> Rainbow fire. Rainbow fire. Choice. <laughs> oh, I'm here for it. Yeah. Uh, the Wanty takes this blast directly to the face and uh, he staggers back and is uh, clutching at some of his burning, writhing tentacles. Uh, the harpy had turned around to pursue Lou and uh, only catches a little bit, but their wings are now ablaze with some rainbow fire. Yay! And now um, it's their turn. <laughs> Uh, no, oh. I still get my movement. You do get your movement. Get my movement. Where are you moving to? I'm moving. Move. I'm moving so that I am behind Ra, and Ra is in between them and me. Good call. Good call. Human shield. <laughs> yep. That is a smart and tactical move because it is the Wanty's turn. Oh, who is he angrier at, really, right now? And is he smart enough to... Nope! He sees this magic and he is going to make a beeline for Addy. Ah! And is going to invoke an attack of opportunity from Rebroth. Oh, Yay! Wow, that really dumb. <laughs> okay. I rolled poorly for intelligence. <laughs> well, it's probably fine because I rolled really low uh, with a 13. 13. I no. don't think that's going to cut it. No. no. It's not going to do it. This person is running past you, and you get a good look at him, and it's just... Ooh, he's a little scary. And he is going to attack poorly. Um, and I'll just say, like, as he kind of runs past me, like, I kind of, like, swing at him. Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> <laughs> um... Addy, an 11 and a 16. Uh, I will shield and block both of those. Nice. All right. Um, yet yeah, uh, the once he rushes forward and lunges out with his arms, and his arms are snakes. No! <laughs> and he start like he goes to punch bite you. And you're able to block both, yeah. and you see these horrible rattlesnake heads lashing against your shield. Not the creepiest thing I've seen, but I still don't like it! <laughs> that is its turn. Now it is the harpy's turn, and the harpy knows exactly who she's going after. Mm -hmm. And that is going to be Lou. Right. She makes many attacks, but none of them are terribly strong. Okay. She makes four attacks. Okay. I rolled double twelves. Uh, that's so. That's not going to do it. I don't think. No. What's your AC? Sixteen. And I rolled an eleven and a sixteen exactly. Also, mm. I have a cloak of displacement. <clears throat> uh, remind me what that does, please. That one. Come here. While you wear this cloak, it protects an illusion that makes you appear to be standing in a place near your actual location, causing any creature to have disadvantage on attack rolls against you. Oh. Hey. <clears throat> then I will roll. Uh, second roll for disadvantage was higher. Okay. Mm. Was I supposed to make a charm roll against the harpy? Yes, we will do that momentarily. That is going to be 15 slashing damage against you. Nah, like half of that. 
Uncanny okay. Dodge. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> so seven, Rogues. right? Rogues. Rogues. <laughs> cool. So you are able to nimbly dodge out of the way. Um, and you only catch a part of this as the harpy flies towards you and swoops and tries to take a chunk out of you. Uh, and doesn't do as good as they thought they would. And we will go ahead. Um, uh, Addy and Rebroth, can you both make me charisma saving throws? That's uh, 14. 14? That's going to be enough. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I have advantage on saving throws against being charmed. Cool. Okay, so... Go, go, elven ladies. Fifteen. You are both fine. Uh, Rebroth, you can hear the sound of the harpy, and it is... It's pretty nice. But the wax is deadening it, so you're feeling all right. Great. Great. Um, (laughs) And Addy, you you are just fine. Um, You feel like that wax probably saved your bacon a bit, but hard to say. Um, Rebroth, it is your turn. So, um, seeing the my kiss uh, face, my kiss face. I don't know. Um, <laughs> it was the it was the Yanti that um, that's up close and personal with Addy, right? Correct. Since Addy is the squishier um, of the two, um, but I'll uh, so I will use my bonus action to light my flint flintstone greatsword, uh, saying "Flame of a New Dawn." Holy crap! As it turns on, before I swing at the Yanti, I do point with my sword at the harpy, and I say, save it for the bards. And then I swing at the other one. (laughs) Um, Swing away. First attack attack is a 19 to hit. That'll do it. Oh, that's not too bad. That is going to be 9 points of slashing damage, 7 fire, for a total of 16. Cool, cool. And then um, I will... uh, Go ahead, and if that did not take care of it, I will swing it again. Yep. 14 to hit. That is just going to do it. Oh, thank God. Um, That would have been embarrassing. Uh, he doesn't like that. Um, Okay, and that's going to be... Oh, crap, I forgot. I get to re-roll once. And then I rolled another one. Of course I did. Um, So that's going to be... Five... 10 points of slashing and 8 fire. For okay, with another 18. Nice. Just, so yeah, just... <laughs> the Wanty is looking rough. Um, you take a very healthy chunk out of this thing. And now he has turned to face his true opponent. <laughs> Actually, one thing I forgot to do. Uh-huh. I want to dump, dump some smite into that. You can dump some smite. I'll let you post. I'll let you post dump some smite. I'm gonna post. I'm gonna post dump some smite. <laughs> it's the middle of the night. A little, <clears throat> little upset. Let's do it. Do? I'll leave you on the second one since I didn't say it on the first one. Um, that's gonna be an additional twelve points of damage. Nice. And you feel. The holy power of time course through you as uh, it cleaves in a bit deeper. It's Mm -hmm. still standing, but Mm -hmm. not by much. And that is going to take us back to Lou. Okay. So I can't hide, right? Like, I'm not... I'm right there. There's no way for me to do it. right there. So I'm... 
just gonna do my. But I mean, you can you can try to hide. I, it's a higher DC, but I'll give it to you. Do I want to do that at the beginning? <laughs> In the sand. <laughs> <laughs> I will um just do a normal attack this time, and then mm-hmm. I will go hide, sure. or at least attempt to. Fifteen to hit. That'll do it. Oh. All right, so that's only six damage. Six, um, okay. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to use my bonus action to hide 35 feet away if I can. Okay. <clears throat> Absolutely. Go ahead and roll, roll me stealth. So that's a 29. <clears throat> okay. And you effectively, like, as far as you can tell, you've vanished. You've got a, you feel pretty confident in this spot. That will take us to Addy. Here's the thing. I don't have a lot of just attacks that I have prepared. I think I'm going to use a magic missile. All right. So D4 plus one. So the first one is five. Uh, the second one is three. And the third one is five. I How do you want to do this? Two. Yes! <laughs> I will uh, take my hand um, and I will point three fingers at this thing and aim it and one for each eye and one for the third eye between the forehead. <laughs> you slam him in the chakra and he goes down like a sack of bricks. Running, running. <laughs> I'm running away. <laughs> I go run behind a rock. Okay. Slamming in the chakra is totally a song somewhere. Oh, for Yo. sure. Oh, yes. <laughs> the harpy is j- just lost as to where its target went. <laughs> just cannot, no clue spends its bonus action trying to like hunt you down to see where you are. Can't see you and is going to make its way over to Rebroff. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Would you like to die now? You right? Okay. <laughs> And what is your AC? 18. 18. It has two successful attacks. Okay. First attack is going to be seven damage. Seven damage. So I lose my armor of Agathus, but it does take five cold damage. Okay. Five cold bounces back onto it. And the Talons uh, is going to be nine slashing damage. Okay. Got it. And that is its turn. It is your turn now. Oh, delightful. I will retort by swinging swinging twice with my beautiful flame tongue uh, greatsword. Uh, Mm -hmm. First attack is a lot with a uh, 26 to hit. Yeah. Second attack is even higher, 27 to hit. Fuck him up. So, um, (laughs) Divine Smite again. We're just going to... It's it's not good. This is this is a mistake. They 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 should chase. They should not have done this. They have <laughs> they have made a grave miscalculation. Very grave <laughs> miscalculation. Um, yeah. I'm just gonna go ahead and just add everything together. This is gonna be a lot because I'm gonna go ahead and dump device might into both of them. Okay. And, um. Yeah. Give me a big a... chunky number. Chunky. <laughs> All right. We are right back in ten minutes after I finish. Uh, adding things together. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> so, uh, let's see. So, right? So, um, as a combination of slashing fire and radiance, 16, 21, 27, 28, 
32. You cleave into this harpy, and it looks displeased. Greatly, greatly displeased. It still has remnants of the rainbow fire licking off. Now it's got hit with holy fire. Lou, you are up. You are snucked. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm behind a rock. So yes. I'd like to pop out. I assume that the harpy's looking real rough at this point. Oh, yeah. Okay. So this gives me advantage, yeah, because I was hiding. Yes. Mm. Okay. 23 to hit. I'll do it. <laughs> That's two damage. Two damage. Oh, your sneak <laughs> attack. So that's 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16 sneak attack damage. How do you want to do this? There you go. That's so, better. Uh, so the harpy is now focused on Raboth, and Absolutely. I come up behind. I have um, my cane that usually doesn't look particularly painful, but I've taken mm-hmm. the, the sheath off. And so, like, this glimmering, the, the top of it, crossbar handle thing. Oh, yeah, the cross guard. Cross card. Cross Thank card. you. I knew there was a word for it. That thing. That thing is like, it's black, but there's like little gems on the edges. And so like, I, when I go up behind, I'm actually like shoving it in her back. And all you see is like the glimmering outline of that and the handle sticking out her back as she just falls forward. Yep. Probably onto Ribroth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the harpy's song, which has been continuous the entire time, finally stops. And you are left alone in a quiet desert field. Thank you for joining us here on Another Path. You can find our website and merch store at anotherpathpodcast.com, on Twitter at anotherpathpod, and our network at ghostlightmedia.net. You can support our efforts by donating at patreon.com slash ghostlightmedia. A special thanks to our donors, Nate C. and Nathan N. Or by giving us a rating and review over on Apple Podcasts or whatever podcatcher will let you. You can find me on Twitter at TQLoudly. Christina at Phoenix Stargirl. Kim at Metzgirl. And Duval at Duval King Jacob. Kim can also be found on her podcasts, The Holder's Eye Podcast, Surface Desk, and LCP D&D. Duval can also be found as the co-founder of At The Empathy and host and DM for Duval and Dragons on So Maddie Games Twitch channel. Both Kim and Duval's link trees are in the description of this episode. We'll be back in two weeks with a new episode, and until then, remember that the best way to get to know many people is over a glass. This has been a Ghostlight Media production.